Uh, morning, really lovely to see you all and can I just um, extend Thomas's welcome, uh, really lovely to be here together. I think there's been something about this year that has just underlined this is a privilege. We, we take this for granted, don't we? But there's been nothing that we can take for granted this year and so it's lovely to gather together. Um, and again, a real welcome for those of you who are watching online, whether it's right now or whether it's later. Um, it's really lovely to share with you too. There's multiple reasons why people aren't in the building, but yet we're together. And so it's lovely at this moment on this Sunday to come together and worship. Um, you're really welcome. I wonder, have you ever been driving in your car, driving a really familiar route, and you realize you're further along the journey than you thought, and you actually have no memory of that last part. It happens, doesn't it? Um, on, often on really familiar routes, like that journey to and from work, little sections almost feel like they didn't happen. We can become blind to the familiar, can't we? Familiarity can indeed breed contempt. And so as we enter this Christmas season, Will the days and weeks ahead be like that car journey? So familiar, we miss them. So familiar, we don't notice what's happening. So familiar, we arrive at Christmas Day and the wonder, the miraculous wonder, has escaped us, escaped me. I don't say any of this with any harshness because at the end of this year, getting ourselves to Christmas Day might indeed feel like a miracle. But there's a perspective that the Christmas story ushers in and I need to remember it, especially this year. So if you don't mind, I'd like to take time this morning and if you like, slow down that drive, that familiar journey to Christmas and allow ourselves time to worship allow ourselves time to notice. So turn with me if you want, it'll be on the screen or if you have it on your phones or your Bibles, um, it's John chapter one. That is the passage that we're gonna focus our attention on this morning. John chapter one. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was not in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, 
full of grace and truth. These are really familiar words for the church, words that we have heard before. They have a poetic quality, don't they? And a complexity as as we unpack what's being communicated and told. But in summary, I would like you to realise that these verses are like a stick of dynamite to that cute baby in the manger scene that we often carry at Christmas. What is happening here, or more accurately, what is being told here is mind-altering. It is perspective-changing. It is life-alternating. For it carries contradictions. For God cannot be contained in a tiny baby, for he is much greater though he is. God cannot be contained in one moment of time because he stretches back and beyond in time, though he is. And so in this chapter in John, John sets out to remind us who Jesus is. And though the arrival of the baby might be the first time humanity sees Jesus, he has been in existence since the beginning. The birth of Jesus makes new our experience of the world. The arrival of Jesus makes new our experience of the world. It is indeed a miracle. And the miracle of Christmas reminds us that our God has been at work since before time and he is not finished working yet. Hope is released and hope is to come. The birth of Jesus makes new our experience of the world. So let's break down this passage. Remember I said I wanted to slow down that journey to Christmas and allow ourselves time to notice. So let me pick up on that phrase that kicks it all off, Word of God. This is a title of Jesus that is found exclusively in the Gospel of John and it's an image that speaks both to the Jewish and the Greek audience. Jewish, the word meant word of the Lord. God said something and it happened. So to the Jew, the word represent the word of God represented God's purpose and intention and the very mind of God. To the Greeks, word refers to the principles that governed all things, shorthand for rational thought. So John brings together these two principles: Jesus, the word of God, the living, breathing purpose of the Creator, and the fundamental truth of the universe, truth and purpose. So let's go through the passage. I've put on the screen um, two versions. Again, because I just think sometimes words become so familiar that they just wash over us. And so I'll read it in the NIV and I'll also read it in the message too. Little chunks as we go through this to remind us of what's being communicated. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word was first. The word was present to God, God present to the world. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Jesus was not just a tiny baby born into a family. Jesus was present in the beginning, present to and with God. And did you catch this? Jesus was God. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. Jesus was the architect and the creator of the world. The architect and the builder. Through him, all things were made. It came into being through him. In him was life 
and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome to it. What came into existence was life and the life was a light to live by. The light, the life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. Not just things. God, Jesus didn't just create things, but life. Jesus contains, brings, ushers in life. He ushers in physical and spiritual life. New life through salvation, but the very creation of life itself. I'll come back to that in a minute. The next verse says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The life light was a real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. And so he comes to us. Jesus comes to us. He comes to our world. He is now on our horizon. He is now within sight. And John says, he was in the world. And though the world was made by him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but they didn't receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, whoever believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, the child of God's selves. And these are God begotten. His arrival ushers in a new way, a family, a right to become children of God. Children not born of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. He ushers in a new status, a new identity. The world became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighbourhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus did indeed become flesh and blood and made his dwelling among us. The miracle of Christmas reminds us miracles happen, reminds us our God has been at work since before time and he is not finished working yet. Hope is released and hope is to come. In some ways, I think what we have here is a hinge moment, a moment that brings together the past and the future, a moment where God allows us to see him, to see himself, a moment to see Jesus. Are you noticing Jesus this Christmas? Are you seeing him? There's something about Christmas where we do take time to wonder about the divinity placing itself in human flesh. Jesus became flesh and blood, made his dwelling among us, moved into the neighbourhood so we would see his glory, the glory of grace and truth. 
And so in this passage, John expands the horizon further. He paints this picture of who Jesus is, the Son of God, the member of the Trinity. He reminds us of what Jesus brings in. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The true life that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus doesn't just dwell. Jesus is not simply present. He ushers in life. And just in case, just in case you're not sure if he can deliver on this, can we trust that he can usher in new life? Where did the passage start? With the reminder that Jesus was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Like I said, Jesus was the architect and builder of life. So if you doubt Jesus' ability to usher new light into you or those around you, if you question his ability to deliver new life, real transformation, then look back at the passage and remember, he indeed is the bringer of life. You want to know his credentials for salvation. He ushered in life at the beginning. And so he can usher in new life, rebirth. Who is Jesus? Part of the Godhead, the bringer of life. This is not a cute story of a baby. This is radical transformation of the world. And all God is doing is lifting the lid off and letting us see how it works. It works through Jesus. Curiosity is an amazing thing. And as kids, it was, our curiosity was palpable, wasn't it? Um, we love to pull sheets over our head and then peek back down just to check was mum and dad still in the room. Or we'd lift that rock in the garden and watch little woodlice scuttle away. Or mix colours and see could, could we create anything other than the colour brown. We planted seeds to see if they would grow into cress. We wondered at how tall sunflowers could grow, how the TV worked, where do babies come from? How can we travel thousands of miles and still be in the same time zone? And as we get older, we hide our curiosity a little more now. As if we don't want to show off our ignorance. But when did becoming an adult mean you have to know everything? Maybe you found your hearts and your lives burnt by people and so you trust a little less. Maybe you even find yourself becoming a little cynical, as if that's safer. Christmas is that stick of dynamite to your cynicism. Christmas is that stick of dynamite to your lack of trust. Because this moment, this hinge moment, points back and says, this baby, this baby has been present forever. It's just now you're getting to see him. See him up close and personal. God is lifting the lid, removing the barrier and letting us see, letting us see Jesus. Letting us see himself. And in this moment, it doesn't just point back, but it points forward, forward to lives transformed. 
lives changed, lives born of God. And you know something? You and I are part of that. He's made his dwelling with you, Jamie and Lydia. He's made his dwelling with you, Sturdy and Megan. He's made his dwelling with you, Gillian, Lucy, Jessica, Clarkie and Sharon. He's made his dwelling. He hasn't just moved into Nazareth or walked the shores of Galilee. He's moved into Belfast, into East Belfast, into Ballyclare, into Newton Abbey, into the Newton Arts Road. And so Christmas is this moment, this wonderful moment in our calendar where we stop and remember. We stop and celebrate, not just a baby, but this moment in time where the risk of birth reminds us of what is possible by this one, by Jesus. Jesus ushered in hope at the beginning of time and now again he ushers in hope with his arrival. Can I read you a poem called The Risk of Birth by Madeleine Leong? There is no time for a child to be born with the earth betrayed by war and hate and a comet slashing the sky to warn that time runs out and the sun burns late. There's no time for a child to be born in a land in the crushing grip of Rome. Honour and truth were trampled by scorn, yet here did our Saviour make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth, and by a comet the sky is torn, yet love still takes the risk of birth. Love still takes the risk of birth. Let me read that last verse again. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth, and by a comet the sky is torn, yet love still takes the risk of birth. Love still takes the risk of birth. This love This love has been ushering in birth since time began. This love has always been taking the risk of birth. Remember, through him all things were made. Without him there is nothing that has been made that has been made. This very world, all within it, was made through Jesus. All around, you are the risk of birth. I said at the start of my talk, I wanted to slow down that drive, that familiar journey to Christmas and to allow ourselves time to notice. So will you savour this moment? Will you allow God to remind you of this new hope? Why do I say hope? Because these verses remind us we can trust God and they remind us that there is more to come. This hope will not disappoint because God is pouring himself out. Hope evidenced in the creation of the world. Hope grounded in the feet of Jesus. Hope that ushers in through Jesus. A hope outworked in the lives of generations of Jesus followers. 
people who have been transformed with the new life that Jesus ushers in, the new spiritual life that Jesus ushers in, a hope outworking itself through you. And there's more. There is more for us to know, more for us to experience and more to come. But don't worry, it's not your hope as if you have to be the guardian or protector of it. This hope is in the hands of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They are the the ones who usher in this hope. It's not limited to you, it is hope beyond time. It is there in the beginning and stretching as far as the eye can see. It is a hope that you get to experience it, but you don't need to worry about taking control of it. Hope you get to pass on, hope you get to give testimony of, but it does not stop with you. But you get to participate in this amazing story. You get to participate. The other night, my friend sent me a picture of her newly decorated Christmas tree with the help of her two and a half year old. The wee girl was proud as punch. And we started reminiscing about our own memories of decorating the Christmas tree as children and the precious decorations we made. Precious in the sense of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And how our gracious presence... I did not make these since I'll come to these in a minute. Our gracious um, parents would hung my precious decorations. You know the ones I mean, the ones with egg cartons and tinsel, um, the paper chains that we made out of scraps of paper that were around the house, and they would come out of the Christmas box with as much delight as the great ones that our mum and dad had bought in fancy shops. As children, we got to participate. And sometimes our lives can feel a bit like that homely Christmas decorations more glitter than substance, but still we get to participate. You and I are part of the Christmas story, part of that transforming life that Jesus is ushering in, part of that hope that he places in our lives. My Christmas tree stands in my home right now and it is not decorated in symmetry. It is made up of lots of decorations I've accumulated over the years. Um, a pink elephant that I bought with my auntie in Cameron's and Ballymena over 20 years ago. A pair of snow boots that my friend rather apologetically gave to me several years ago, but her child had picked it out and really wanted Helen to have it. And a slightly cross-eyed robin that I won in an SU Secret Santa one year. I place them on my tree every year, carrying memories of the people, people that I love and love me. But you know, we're not random decorations to Jesus. We are participants in his story, who he loves. This Christmas, do you know you're loved? A love that began before time, a love that risked birth, that entered the neighbourhood, that invites transformation into your life. The true light that gives light to everyone. You are a part of the new hope. The hope is real, evidenced in this hinge moment for John that points back to creation and forward to salvation. The hope is real. Earlier this year, I spotted a nativity set for, for sale online. I, I've been looking out for a nativity set for the last few years and not a cringy, cheesy one, and they're really hard to find. But I wanted a reminder amidst all my Christmas decorations that actually pointed to what this is all about. And I spotted this really nice one, and it was at an amazing price. I mean, a too-good-to-be-true price. And you know what they say? If it's too good to be true, 
then it's too good to be true. But I decided to take the risk and order this nativity set. And I bought it through PayPal, so I thought, well, look, there's some comfort there if it all goes belly up. So I put my order in and I got my receipt and I waited. And it looked like it was coming from China and I didn't know if that was good or bad. Uh, Last week, it still hadn't arrived, so I emailed the address I had, and a few days later, I got a response that said it had been dispatched, and I should, in fact, get it in a few days. And attached was a link to a delivery company, a company I had never heard of. Mm. Maybe this is too good to be true. On Monday, I get a Royal Mail card. You know those red ones that are put through your door to say, we missed you? And I wondered, could this be my nativity set? So I set up my re-delivery and I waited. Roy mail typically comes around two o'clock. So two o'clock came and went. Honestly, I was so nervous. I was like a kid at Christmas. Um, I was looking out the window every so often, just trying to see was a postman nearby. Every time I heard a door slam, or um, I would be out looking. 3.17, the door went. It was a Royal Mail man and a parcel. Straight away, scissors out, opening up that box. Guess what was inside? My too good to be true nativity set. It's real, it's arrived. My only dilemma now is where to place it. So I've been moving it around my living room, on the mantelpiece, on the sideboard. Looks good. Honestly, it doesn't matter. It would not have been the end of the world if this had not arrived. Because you and I get to be part of the real thing. I don't need a reminder, a nativity set to remind me of the real story of Jesus. Because you and I are walking testimonies to the real story of Christmas. You and I are walking testimonies to the real story of Christmas. Jesus is ushering in new hope this Christmas. Give yourselves time to savour this to catch your breath, to allow the wonder, the miracle, the reminder of who Jesus is, the bringer of life to you, to the world around you. Allow God to usher in new hope to you this Christmas, for he can. Oh boy, he can.